if you've been doing the same job for like two years, you can just get away with murder. Because like, mm. if you actually need to do something really quickly, like you know how to do it. Like you've done it a hundred times. Yeah. Like, you can just fucking do it. And you, you, you don't want to do it too second. fast at the beginning yes. because then people expect you to do yes. it at that speed. So you're yes. like, you uh, set I'm the finished, bar. but like, yeah. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to be like, oh, I got this done. Just right. so the next time they'll think this is an you overnight want, test. Like, someone to ask you to something, you'd be like, I mean, I got a lot on my plate right now. That was good. Like, yeah. The, like the, that, that could like be rub, your, like, yeah. rub your head like Jesus um, yeah when do you need the spy oh end of day Jesus uh, is tomorrow okay and like I could do it in five minutes This time, I sit down with the content king himself, Jack Lawler. Jack is the CEO and creative mind behind Work, Retire, Die, a platform dedicated to helping others cope with corporate life by making memes out of its harsh realities and absurdities. When Elon Musk is pretending to work on fake companies like SpaceX and Tesla, what Elon is really doing is scrolling through Work, Retire, Die's Instagram feed and laughing at how accurate the memes are. By packing the power of a thousand words and widely felt feelings into a single image with text, memes have quite literally become a language of their own. If you want any chance of surviving in this new world, come for a walk with me on this episode as Jack breaks down the language of meme culture, why he quit his corporate job, the power of improv, advice for young creators, and more. You can follow Jack's posts at at Work, Retire, Die for the corporate life content and at the Comma Club to enable your gambling addiction and educate yourself on the art of the pregame. And you could keep up with this podcast, of course, at at Augzoro. For early releases and bonus podcast episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash Augzoro. That is patreon.com slash Augzoro, where things get wild. Thank you for the support. And without further ado, please enjoy this deep dive with the content king, Jack Lawler. All right, dude, we sound fucking sick. I'm going to pull my therapist notes close. There you go. Dive deep. I'm a alcoholic therapist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it's, okay. <laughs> it's noon. You need so, to drink. Yeah. You need to drink less. Yeah, it sir. is. It is noon. It is noon. So, <laughs> all right. Let's well, do it. I I want to start with Richmond. Yes. So now that we have some separation between college and where we are now, we graduated back in 2015. Yep. How do you look back on your time at Richmond? Because for me, the the further away we get, kind of the more weird college experience seems. Yeah. But for you, I'm curious how you look back on I, our four years as a spider. Roll spiders, spies. roll Cheers. spies, baby. I really liked college. I still, a lot of my closest friends today are from college. I was in a fraternity, which you played baseball, so you didn't really get to do that, but, or if you even wanted to do that, but. I enjoyed my time. Um, looking back on it, I feel like I would have done things differently. Like I kind of was just fell into the path that a lot of Richmond kids fall into. I think like you come from the Northeast, you join a fraternity, you don't really do much. I tried to do other things. Like I played rugby. I had always wanted to do comedy and writing 
and I did it in high school and I didn't really do it in college. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was hard to get back into it afterwards, but I like Richmond. My little brother goes there. I feel like it really churns out a specific type of kid and like, it's a little challenging if you do something that's not the exact thing that everyone uh, else does. I'm glad you brought up fraternities because the more I think about college, the more I appreciate fraternities, especially with the cancel culture and like all this shit going on. And especially frat culture kind of got canned a little bit towards the end of yeah. college. Like they definitely put a lid put on the, the, the amount of crazy. Probably rightfully so. Dude, not a lot level. of <laughs> yeah, not not a lot of people talk about especially at a school like Richmond, which is kind of the typical Southern Northeast transplant school where fraternities are and frat life in general is the backbone of the fun that happens at the school. It's very dominant. When we go downtown on a Thursday night or go to an apartment party on Saturday and and we had our own thing for baseball too. We We would hold parties at the baseball house. Sometimes we would do joint shit as well. But I feel like fraternities get all the blame when something goes wrong and then none of the credit for the fun that goes on in the school. No one's like, yeah, frats mean- make school fun. Like we have lodges, we buy a bunch of fucking beer. We Everybody get wasted in 99.9% yeah. <laughs> of the time. Like shit works out and you wake up with a hangover and you're like, fuck, Fair. that was an amazing Fair. night. I do feel like it was a great time. I feel like I was someone who benefited from it by being part of it. But like, I could see how if like you weren't part of it, it was kind of like exclusive and you didn't like really enjoy it. But at a school like Richmond though, I feel like everybody gets to kind of, yeah, we did have a high percentage athlete population, Yeah, but I feel like almost everyone I met that wasn't an athlete was also in a fraternity or sorority and the sports teams were kind of uh, a fraternity on their own a little bit. And I, ne- I never really, like, you could tell me if you think I'm wrong. I never really felt the classic athlete frat tension, at least not at Richmond. Yeah. And maybe that's because it wasn't as big of a school, but I, I never, like when people talk about like the athletes versus the frat guys, maybe there was a little bit of that, but for the majority of the time, I felt like we went together pretty well. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, I think part of that was because it was such a small school. I could see how like at a bigger school, it would be more of an issue, but like usually at Richmond, there was like two parties a night. And it was like, yeah. everyone just like, goes which, to which one, one of the you other. Gonna do, like yeah. the football house <laughs> yeah, or like, Sikai or SAE. And it does it, or like, yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you wanted to, or you might've done things differently if you went back a second time in terms of maybe writing or comedy. Yep. If you were to go back to school right now, what specifically do you think you may have done differently, whether it's different classes or maybe major or extracurriculars? What are the type of things that you would have been involved in if you went back right now? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think like it's, it's always hard to say like, I mean, it took me to where I am today, which I'm happy where I am today. So it's hard to be like, I would have changed things. But I feel like I was always had a, like interest in doing creative stuff and like wanted to, I made videos in high school and writing and like, I never really did that in college. So like I would have joined the improv team, which like isn't something you do when you're in a fraternity necessarily. Or I would have like made my own videos. Like you saw, you've seen people like Jimmy Tatro blow up when they're in college for yeah. like making their own videos. Like I, sh- I, why didn't I do that? Like I would have been farther along than I am yeah. now. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, there's only so many hours in the day. I think 
I was, I played rugby and I was the president and the captain of that. And like, I put a lot of my energy into that outside of drinking a lot of beers and taking classes. Or at the same time. You, at you the same just, yeah, time. You can yeah, do both at the yeah. same time. You can multitask. And, yeah. and I, you know, I ended up playing rugby for two years after college too. So like, I'm very oh, no happy way. I did that. Yeah. in like a men's league. And, it, and then I actually got back surgery. So I can't really play anymore. But Shit. I'm sorry. I, yeah, you should be. Yeah. It yeah was, I mean, it was my fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was on the other team. It's hard to not paralyze you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time we've seen each other since I paralyzed you two years ago. Yeah, we're kind of coming to terms with that. Yeah, we're going to wrestle with that on the podcast. Yeah, this is going to be a main sort of theme exactly. of the podcast but uh but yeah i uh i definitely feel the desire to have started earlier yeah i think about that a lot with podcasting especially during the pandemic when i'm spending a lot of time by myself just like in my apartment thinking about life like yeah. you inevitably do I'm like, fuck, <laughs> if I started podcasting in 2013, I'd be the Joe first, Rogan right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I would have signed a hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> I have no doubt that that's the yeah. truth. But I'm like, I could have, I don't really think about it in terms of money when I look back. I, I, I think about it in terms of like getting in the reps. I'm like, totally. I would have been four years ahead of where I am now in terms of podcast 100%. reps or for you, comedy sketch reps, yep. meme reps, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's like thousands of reps over four years. So yeah. sometimes I kick, I get in this mode when I kick myself, I'm just like, fuck, like, I know. The 10, why didn't you just like record a single podcast? I know. But then I remember that, you know, it's, it's not my journey, you know, <laughs> everyone has exactly. their own, everyone has their own well, journey. I, it's interesting you brought up the reps thing. Cause like, I think as athletes, like, I do think about it like that, where that's helped me when I've been approaching comedy, where it's like, it's just like about reps. Like I performed live for a while. It's like, it's just getting stage time. Like, it's just like a sport. Like you have to flex your muscle and like, it's not going to be good for a while, which you like have to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I feel like it's a weird balance where you want to get in more reps to practice and, and get better at what you do for a long-term goal. Yeah. And then at the same time, when you're actually doing the rep, like right now in the middle of podcasting, I would be a shitty podcaster if I was thinking about where I wanted to be 10 years from now. Right. Which, which is the only reason why I'm sitting down <laughs> with you right now, because you're going to launch me into the... 100%. Into the stardom. Yeah. It's like a, a fine line between seeing yourself where you are down the line in the future and desiring that future outcome and then shutting off that part of your brain and being like, all right, my only job right now is to make this video good, to make yeah. this funny. And I feel like it's a constant thing when I'm making content, whatever it is, where yeah. I, I have, I get better and better at turning off that part of my brain, but it's never going to completely go away. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think like when it comes to like writing or stuff that I like more artistic things, I, I forget who said it. Maybe it's like Ira Glass. I don't, that's a person, right? It, it sounds like a person. Yeah, it's believable. Yeah, I think it's like a... If you didn't ask me, I would have said like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know who that or is. Or like an yeah, NPR yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. It I read sounds his, like I read so. his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so good. You, yeah. Uh, yeah. you recommended it to me. I did. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was before I broke your back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but there, it's something where it's like, when you first start out writing, your taste is like up here, higher, and your skill is here. So like you're writing and you know it's not good. Because you have like good taste. You like want to be an artist. You're like good. You know what's good and you, it's not going to be good for a while. So like it can be very frustrating to get your work to where you think 
the taste level that you're comfortable with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you, when you start, I think I may have actually, um, seen this quote before yeah. for real. I, yeah. I, I didn't know it was my boy, Ira. So your, his point was that your talent or, or your, your taste is way above your talent at the beginning. Yes. And so there are people that are starting out that are not that good at what they're doing yet, but they yep. have extremely good taste. And so it's a battle of like having good taste and have, ha- seeing like all those things that you listen to or you watch yep. and knowing like, this is really knowing, good. And then going through your own shit and editing your own and shit being and like, being you like, know this it's is not. awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, especially at the beginning. You but know then it eventually get gets closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you have to wrestle with that as at any stage at, yeah. as a creator. I and guess. some people That's don't. a good quote. And then I just become movie critics. So you performed live. You said you did, did some live yeah. stuff. What what uh what capacity was that? So in? I had this was pre-pandemic for about a year. I had this sketch comedy team called Lemon Hands Comedy, and like we met through. I think okay, I used, yeah, I, I remember uh, you posted some videos. stuff on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was five of us that like met through different comedy classes, and we just started putting on shows in the city, and it was great. Like. I've always been really lucky that I've been getting, I got in a lot of support from my family and friends. So like when we would have a show, like we'd have 50 or 60 people come and like performing comedy sketches live and Mm -hmm. people are laughing and like, it was great. Like it was kind of a fucking rush to tell you the truth. And then like, that's all kind of taken away, but. What what it's a sort grind, of uh, though, to do performing live? What sort of spots was it at? Like, what what was the kind of the venue like? There's this place, a couple of places. One of them is called the People's Improv Theater, and it's like called the Pit. I don't know if you really know it, but like, Mm-mm. it's it's a smaller comedy theater where people do like improv and sketch. And we met at classes at UCB, which is like Upright Citizens Brigade. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. So for the people who don't know, it's basically like a comedy school. So like it was started by Amy Poehler, oh, um, a bunch of other people like Matt Walsh. And if you say, if you wouldn't know their names necessarily, but like if you see their faces, you know who they are. Yeah. So they started it and it's like they teach you improv and how to like write sketch and you take different classes and they have house teams and it's a theater. So like a lot of comedians have come out of those kind of things. So we met in classes there. Yeah. So what did you, do you feel like improv made you better at creating content, taking the live aspect of improv and then putting that into the videos you make? Do you think it had a good impact? Yeah, I think it does. And like, I was never a huge improv guy. I was more sketch, like writing. I I initially started out thinking myself as a writer and then I think I'm naturally a performer. So it's kind of like worked out a little bit. And But I would never really focus as much on improv, but I think improv helps. And like, it helps you to like, when you're writing and just doing things like thinking about this could also be this. And it's like just kind of a way of thinking. There's a principle in improv called yes and. That's like what I would tell people if I wanted them to believe I that took you an took improv, improv class. Yeah, it's like, like the you most take improv basic. Yeah, like yes yeah. and dude. Like, it's like oh, that's say so something smart. and I'll just go yeah. with it, bro. <laughs> I've never taken an improv class. I actually wrote it down as a to-do list thing before the the pandemic along with like a thousand other things. But improv yeah. has always been in the back of my mind where it's something that scares the shit out of me. Totally. I actually did Toastmasters instead. I was nice. like, I'm either going to do Toastmasters or improv. And I 
once Toastmasters went to Zoom, I was like, this doesn't really give me the rush anymore yeah. standing in front of people. Yeah. Maybe I'll try improv when things start opening Toast up. Toastmasters is like speeches. speeches. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is a rush. It's, if you either do a five to seven minute prepared speech. Okay. Which for the first one, I, I prepare, but not really. Cause I was like, oh, I, I go on streaks where I could talk for five minutes on a podcast. Yeah. I'm just going to say whatever comes into yeah. my head. And then you're and like, then when oh, 15 fuck. people are staring at you. Yeah. Expecting you to have this well thought out <laughs> process, you just fucking shit the bed. But yeah. um, I genuinely felt like I got better in Toastmasters. And then what I really liked, kind of what kept me going back, was they did these two minute improv, and you had to volunteer before okay. you would do the the topics before they would tell you the topic. So you, I so don't even know not if, knowing what yeah, you were yeah. talking so about. So yeah. I don't know if it's considered improv because it's not with another person. Okay, but it would just be it would just like who wants to go next? You raise your hand. They don't tell you the topic yet. Someone's assigned in the group who's not going yep. to put a bunch of topics in a hat. And it's Jeez. just like you're you're uh, ending your commencement speech at NYU 2021. <laughs> like what are the last two minutes you're Go gonna leave it. off? Yeah, that's kind of cool. And, you, and they start the timer right away. So it's like, you could either sit there and not say <laughs> shit for two minutes, like, or gather, just like let vomit come out like of your that mouth. Like Michael Scott thing where he's like, I just start a sentence. I like don't know where it's, it's going. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I feel like, as someone who hasn't done improv from what I hear about it, it's really good for going with your gut and yeah. silencing that voice in your head a little bit that tells you like, this is the worst thing ever. What are you saying? <laughs> Go sit down just like kill yourself. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. yeah. That voice is definitely loud in my head sometimes, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so improv, improv, you would say had a, a pretty good effect in terms of opening you up for, yeah. for like making videos for, for lemon hands, you said. Lemon hands, yeah. And then I, yeah, I, I would say so. And I think like, it's just a good experience to have like being on the stage and like even bombing is like still a good experience. Just like putting yourself out there. What is, what is bombing like in, in improv? I've like never totally bombed, like thank God, because I feel like a lot of times my audience has been like friends and family sometimes. So like, or half friends and family mm -hmm. that like wouldn't really let it you bomb. But like- yeah. It is pretty fucking awkward because especially it's worse to bomb in a show um, where you're like a sketch show where like you have lines and you forget your line or someone else forgets yeah. their line and you're all sitting there like, like sweating and it's like, it's have really you, have you forgotten a line during a... I have. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And so and you like, improv... Is it like understood like that you improv yeah, and then your like, person goes with it? Like yeah. it's just like an understood thing? Like yeah, someone's not like, wait, that's not the line. Like stop <laughs> the sketch. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stop everything. <laughs> Everyone was the so light sorry. Just, the spotlight shines down on you and yeah. you're just like saying an apology in front yeah. of the crowd. Well, that's the cool thing about like stuff like that is like you're all kind of on the same team and like you want everyone to do well. And like I do think in general, like audiences want you to do well. Like people want to laugh. So like that was one of the things when I was nervous at first, I was like, they're going to be, they want you to do well. So like, maybe that's wrong, but I feel like when I'm watching something, I don't want to be like, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. Like I want to like see where it's going. So like that gives me a little bit of confidence knowing like. So I, I think it would be cool to, to break down a sketch a little bit. Cause you yeah. put out a lot of sketches yep. with your, self and yeah. you're kind of playing different characters. I, I love the ones you do on Zoom calls. They're hilarious. Yeah. There have been so Thank many. You. There's another one on your YouTube channel. I think it was 
part of Lemon Hands comedy where okay. it's the last one to sign off Zoom. Yes. Where it's like, don't sign off Zoom. Don't be the last one on it. I thought yeah. that was fucking Thank you. hilarious. Yeah. So when you write a sketch like that where let's do it with other people first and then, okay. and then we'll go to you. What does it look like when you're putting it together? Is everything written out exactly? Like when I'm doing TikToks and stuff and sometimes I'll like have an idea and I'll just say to the camera or I'll write everything out word for word first and I'll kind of have it in my head and I'll say it kind of nat- yeah. naturally to the camera. What's your approach when you're doing sketches like that with other people? When I'm doing sketches with other people, like I feel like we generally have it pretty well written out, especially when it's on stage. Cause like you can't really like reshoot it. Like you kind of don't want something to go wrong. It's a lot of like drafts and thinking out was funny when I'm filming something on TikTok, like you said, like just with myself or with other people, like sometimes you just like take it in one direction and like, you're like, wow, that was actually fucking funny. Like I didn't, I never thought to yeah. say to write that. But I think like, yeah, generally like the way sketch process will work is like, you'll like pitch an idea. It's like, this is a funny idea. And then you're like, all right. And then you try to like hit like two or three beats of it and then like escalate it a little bit. So it's like, don't stay on the Zoom. So it's like one person leaves because it's a little awkward. And then like one person leave, like makes up an even more ridiculous lie to leave. And then like two people are stuck there and it's like so awkward. And like... Some person makes up an even more ridiculous liar. It's like, I just like fucking hate you. Like, it's just like all comes out. Like, I love the dude when he's, he was like, yeah, I'm going through a tunnel. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could, you could kind of hear it, but it was subtle. You're like, I, you're like, you're on camera. And then it's just like <laughs> cut to the next part really quickly. You know, it's, it's like, like cool. I feel like that sort of stuff that kind of like, even in stand up sometimes, I hear almost like these lines where they'll say something super loud for the laugh. And then it's kind of like this tail off line where they don't <laughs> say it as powerfully. But if you're right. listening, it's still, it's fucking like sometimes more funny. Right. And than like the those actual are line. like usually improv stuff where it's like, yeah. just like your natural reaction stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. on camera. And yeah, this like, is like, cut. So, yeah, I see you. I literally see you. Yeah. It's like, it just cuts really quickly. <laughs> I literally like, well, one thing that I've always found helpful was like when we would do live sketches, we would, prepare and like practice a lot. And like, I always felt I wanted to be a hundred percent. Like I wanted to know the lines like backwards and forwards. And like, I feel like it was kind of like sports where like you want to be so prepared that when the game happens, your instincts take over. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, I know all the beats. I know what's supposed to happen. I know what I'm supposed to say, but like if something goes wrong, I can like adjust to it. Or like I can improv a line here because like, it's what I'm feeling in the moment, but like, I'm so locked down and like what I have to say that I don't have to think about the words and I'm just acting like normally, mm-hmm. like how I, like I'm just reacting instead of like trying to remember the lines. Does so that make you're, sense? So you're, yeah, you're, uh, like even if you do have the lines memorized, it, it almost feels like a reaction because you can get in yeah. the emotion better because you're not trying to re- remember. I feel like that uh, that almost happens during baseball where you practice uh, muscle movement yeah. so much to the point where you don't you don't even think about it. You know you have to stride in a certain direction, yep. or maybe you you have to adjust the angle of your foot when you're hitting, or bring your elbow yeah. higher up, whatever the fuck it is. And you do it so many times in practice. And the goal is to make practice harder than the actual game. That 100%. was always that was always like 100%. the saying in baseball or sports. I always heard, yeah, you're doing it wrong if the game feels like a hard thing for yeah. you. Your practice should be grueling and you should use that time to like pound the reps totally. and get it down. And then the game should be like a more 
playful, using instinctual those things fight, you using, using, yeah. using the I feel like that's a big thing in like combat sport. Like my friend was a wrestler and it was always like, you want to get as much mat time as possible and know, so when you actually wrestle, like you're not thinking about like grabbing their leg. You're just mm-hmm. grabbing their leg. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing. Yeah. Have you ever listened to Lex Friedman podcast? I don't know if I have. So he, he's been on Joe Rogan a few times, which is where I saw him. And okay. he, he studies artificial intelligence at MIT podcast, uh, also black belt in jujitsu. And so he nice. talks to a lot of fighters on his podcast. Okay. And he just had George St. Pierre on his podcast yep. a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying something similar, uh, George St. Pierre, where he was talking about playing uh, or like making making your practice harder than the competition, but also having a playful vibe so that you can do it longer. If you yeah. if you feel like you are practicing and beating yourself into the ground, you might not have the the fortitude, or you might not have the kind of the energy to get through a three, four hour grinding totally, session. Totally. But if there's more of a playful vibe, you can like, it, it feels more like you're just like playing yeah. around, but you're actually working. There's like this, this back and forth where you're trying out shit. You're experimenting in practice because the stakes are lower. Yep. And then like you're going back and drilling the actual yeah, you're, you're in the reps. Yeah. So for something like TikTok, where you're just by yourself, how does that change versus a sketch with multiple people like how, how do you try to do that yeah i feel like the tiktok one by myself i like have an idea i'll like write out like because i normally will do like two characters or i'll do like pov like you're talking to a guy at a bar and i'm just like have like six or seven jokes for that category but i feel like i'll write out a couple that i want to do and then i'll just like start filming and like being like oh that's not actually that funny like, How do you I'll tell talk. if it's funny though without the reaction? That's, that's, the, that's the toughest that's part for me. That's a tough part. Yeah. I send it to, there's like certain people I send it to. My girlfriend is like, she's a really good person who I send all my stuff to because like, she's really funny. She's really smart, but she's not have, a comedian. You, you still have the same uh, girlfriend from the karaoke, karaoke night. Yeah. Si- side note. I know she's really honest because I was actually <laughs> kind of like seeing this other girl at the time. I don't know if you remember this. And you were like showing yeah, her the text. I showed she her was the like, text. She's she, like, yeah, did, like I, I was texting her. I was texting this girl <laughs> paragraphs and yeah. she was sending me back these like maybe one, two line responses if I was lucky. And she's just like, give me your phone. I'll, I'll tell you if she's interested. And she li- glanced at for maybe half you. a second, yeah. like puts it, gives it back to me. She's like, she's not interested. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, look at your text. Yeah. Like, so there's like so much fucking blue, yeah. like yeah, no shot. That's I'm just so like, true. Kind of right. Yeah. And it, and it didn't, I mean, didn't work it's out. Like, yeah. You know, it does like, yeah, and she was right. Yeah. But she like is very honest, but yeah. she also like, it has a and good sense. This is my literally like the second conversation I had with <laughs> yeah, her like, after saying, hey, hey, what's up? How are yeah. you? And it's like, uh, give me your phone. She's, yeah. she's not interested. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. No, but it is, that is super valuable because like having someone else who I can bounce ideas off of who's like not afraid to be honest with me, but also like, you know, is a funny person. So like, there's certain people you social through, they're like, I don't really get it. And you're like, hey, you don't get it because you're not funny. Like, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but outside of that, like, I just kind of like now have a sense of what's funny or not. But it can be 
on my own, but it can be like a little, like feel like you're screaming to the void half the time. Sometimes it just depends on like where your mood is. Like just like waves of creativity for me where it's like, sometimes I'm feeling it. I'm like hot. I can just crank them out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like pounding my head against the wall. And like, I'm like, this isn't funny, right? Like, How do you get yourself in a more creative mood when you are about to record something, but you don't feel like high energy or you don't feel super creative? Because there are a lot of times where I'll put shit off because I'm just not in the mood. There are other times I'll start and I'll feel like just starting feeling kind of shitty. I eventually get into the mood. What do you do when you're feeling low energy? That's a good point. Like sometimes I try to grind through it. Like I... Sometimes like I just have to start doing it and then I like get the juices flowing a little bit. Sometimes when I just like don't feel it, I just don't feel it. And unless I have to do it, I will like try to do something that's not creative, but related to it. So it's like, instead of filming this video, I'll just write down, I'll come up with five or six ideas for videos to make in the future and just like, or like pull a bunch of pictures to make memes out of like I'll just like do like a little bit more like grunt work that is on the creative side but it's like outlining a sketch instead of writing the sketch so it's like stuff like that where it's like okay I can't I don't have the juice right now but I can do other things that like will still help me down Mm -hmm. the road what's your goal let's say five years from now yeah in in the in terms of comedy what sort of set do you want to be walking on to? Is it more individual vibe where you're filming videos? Is it more for yourself? Is it more like short form TikTok reels content or is it more sketch comedy like stuff for YouTube? Maybe even getting on a film set, like filming a short film where you have the freedom and the director's just like, just fucking like run with it. Total improv. I I like, that's a, that's a question that I ask myself a lot is like, like, I think it's like my long-term goal is, has always been to do comedy and get paid to do it. Uh, preferably a, a lot of money to do it. Right. So yeah. it's like, that, I, I would like a lot of, a yeah, lot of money like, as well. Is that okay? Like, could you yeah. give me some of that when you start making it? Just yeah. I'll share it with you. Yeah, you bought- Podcasting is a slow burn. So you could yeah. loan me out, you know, I'll finance you. Yeah. yeah. You, you can definitely, I'll, I'll come on to work, retire, die. And yes. we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. But I think like, to me, there's like different avenues to get there. I like doing sketches. I like writing. I like performing. I also write screenplays. I've written like TV pilots for like TV shows. So like I do, I am interested in being a screenwriter, an actor for, you know, that kind of thing. I think like I mentioned Jimmy Tatro earlier. Yeah. I also have in my, I admire him and Lil Dicky a lot because you yeah. know who Lil Dicky is? Yeah. Rich yeah. Richmond yeah. Roll Spots. Big- he saw him at Toucan's Hell fucking yeah, blacked dude. out. I think it was sophomore He's year. He's probably the biggest Richmond alum. Todd McShay, the NFL, the second best NFL draft. Lil, yeah, Lil Dicky is <laughs> yeah. definitely number one yeah. right now. He, he's got the cup. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's a coveted cup as yeah. we all know. What I admire about them is like they made themselves so big on the internet that it was kind of undeniable when they wanted to take that next step to like have their own TV mm-hmm. show. Jimmy Tatro's in movies. He's on an ABC TV show now. And like he started out making YouTube sketches. So it's like, I like eventually, like obviously those guys are really talented, grinded away for years, crazy viral all the time. Like that, but that's the trajectory that I kind mm-hmm. of would like to go down where it's like, I don't necessarily need to have my own show, but like, I would love to like write or be in 
TV and movies. Where you get so good at what you do that the opportunities get harder and harder to turn down. Yeah. Yeah. Who's someone right now? Because you mentioned Jimmy Tatro and I know he's still, he made a TV show recently, but he's kind of slowed down. Yeah. yeah. He he hasn't been on YouTube as much. Who's someone that you look to now as inspiration and the sketch comedy scene on YouTube? There's this guy called Ben Marshall. He's like this ginger guy and he's like so fucking funny on like TikTok and Twitter. And like, I think he's part of a sketch group. So he's probably my age, maybe he's even younger. He might even Mm -hmm. be younger than me, but like him and two or three of his roommates are all in a, I don't know if they're actually roommates, but they film these like videos in their apartment that are like one minute sketches. And like, it reminds me a lot of the Kyle Mooney sketch group. I think okay. uh, Good Neighbors. Do you know what I'm talking about? I definitely seen the name yeah, Kyle Mooney. Yeah. I, Kyle Mooney's on SNL. He okay. and Beck Bennett, who's also on SNL, they had a sketch comedy team and they like went crazy viral on YouTube and then they made it to SNL. And like these guys, his name is Ben Marshall style. And then he has two or three roommates. I don't remember the names off the top of my head. But I'll, try, they, I'll check yeah, them out though. They ben do Marshall. a really good job of like one minute crazy cuts, mm-hmm. but it's like fucking hilarious every time. Yeah. And like, I think those, I, those guys, as far as I know, like they're not, they have they don't have like agents or anything yeah. yet, but like I'm sure they'll get there one day. So yeah. I, I admire that. So, something I, w- I wanted to get into with you because I, I imagine most people in most people who are listening to or watching this podcast fit into this category. Yep. And I, I'm in that category, which is where you have another outlet that you are working on building towards uh, being your bread and butter. So for me, that's yeah. podcasting, Yep. but you have the sickness inside you. <laughs> we were talking about before the podcast, like I feel like it, for these TikToks that I put out sometimes, I'm just like, I have, I this feel like demon. sick, like this demon <laughs> in me that I need to get out on TikTok. And it has nothing to do with my podcast. Yeah. There's maybe, you know, there, there's not going to be a lot of people that follow me from these random sketches on TikTok to the podcast. Some do, which is great. Yeah. And if you're watching right now, <laughs> thank you. What's up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> But so for someone like me who falls into that category of the casual, I don't even know if you call it like sketch artist because I don't I yeah. remember being an insult to people who write <laughs> sketches, but like someone who wants to casually fire off comedy content, but isn't doesn't put in more than maybe five to 10 hours a week doing yeah. it. What would be some tips that you have that would be maybe low effort things that you see a lot of people doing wrong or the quick little things you can change maybe about your mindset or your approach that will make a big difference for the the casual comedy person who's putting yeah, out content. That, that's a good question. I think like probably just, it depends who you are. Like you just do it. Like you just put them out a lot. But I think a lot of people will make one or two and then be like, I don't really want to do it anymore. Like, I think you should kind yeah, of Yeah, they don't your, have the sickness. Yeah, they don't the have sickness the sickness inside yeah, of me. Yeah. yeah, you have mental problems, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I do. But, that's why I have these therapist <laughs> notes. We're going to, these are actually for me. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're listening, I, I, I have uh, <laughs> notes that we're going to get to for Jack to discuss for therapy. Yeah, so it's, I'm scared for that. I think that most people like have trouble just consistently doing stuff when they don't see results. And like, I think you, the more we talked about earlier, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I think like that would probably be one thing. I also think like what you just think about what you think is funny. Like a lot of times people get caught up in like, is are other people going to like this? Is this going to be good for like my audience? And like, that is important to think about if you're a content creator, but like, I think if you're 
just doing it for fun. Just like do what you think is funny. The one tip I will say for internet stuff is like that I've learned over the course of two or three years is like shorter is always better. And it's like, it's, I feel like when I first started, I was making like four or five minute shorts, which Mm -hmm. were funny, but like, it just doesn't get it. People's attention spans are so short, which is like why TikTok is taken off. Why reels is even shorter than TikToks. And like, you need to like cut your clips up like eight seconds a clip. If you're having like a back and forth, like, but if you're just having fun with it, just have fun with it. And like, you'll figure out what you like to do. I I feel that I was, uh, when I first started TikTok, one of the people that got me to pay attention to it was Lil Nas X with Old Town Road blew yeah. up on there. And then recently with uh, Montero, on, yeah. dude, he, he's fucking killing the game. He also like posts like a normal, per- like he posted one the other day where it was like, I heard it's like him like standing there like looking nervous and it's like, I heard he can't even fart. Like he doesn't even shit right. And yeah. then, then he's like, he just like farts and yeah. it's like, oh my God, he farts so good. It's like, yeah, exactly. that's something like and, a fucking 20 year old would post on yeah. the internet. And, and, and I noticed that he, he does so many short videos. When I was going through his TikTok, I'm like, how does this dude, like everything he puts out goes yeah. so viral on TikTok. And he was probably putting out these like seven, maybe 10 second videos. Combined or a minute. Like, yeah. Like if you add them all together. Yeah. yeah. It's so I definitely feel the, the shorter is better vibe. And, and sometimes it's tough though, cause like I, I do like longer stuff. So, and, and it's hard cause of my ego. I, I think everything that I put in the video, I'm like, yeah, I can't like, take this could I, line how out. Could I cut like, that? I'm one line away <laughs> yeah. from 20 million likes on TikTok. Like I, I can't cut that line. Yeah, yeah. And then when I do cut it, I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah, like that's yeah. the reason why it didn't blow up. But, I know. I know. That's like, the tra- that's like, I'm still not very good at it. Cause like yeah. a lot of times I'll make a video that's exactly a minute long, but like, it really should be like 30. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a back and forth where it's like, if you're making things specifically to go viral, you're not like, it's a different thing than like making something that you think yeah. is good. So, so I I have a, a therapist question for you where you can yeah. perform therapy on me before <laughs> I get into the question, like the, the deeper questions about work, retired, die. Yeah. Cop the merch, Jack. Yeah, there Jack's you go. Work, yeah, work exactly. Die. Um, so one thing that I've run into recently on TikTok, because it seems to be more kid friendly mm-hmm. is that, certain words or phrases get flagged super yeah. easily, even if they're not overly derogatory. It's just like sometimes like I'll, weed or yeah, ass. Yeah. sometimes yeah. I'll spend 30 minutes making a video and I'm like, I think I got everything out. And then one word will be in there and yeah. it doesn't, it gets taken down. Would you tell someone like for me, this is me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Would you tell You're me? Getting yeah, TikTok I'm getting, advice I'm getting, yeah, yeah, I'm getting, this is why I have you. This isn't even a podcast. Yeah, this, this is all, yeah, this is all, yeah. we're, we're, nothing's, not, plugged nothing's in. recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, this is, I'm getting consulting for you before you exactly. overwork. Yeah. Not, yeah. I will consulting. be yeah, you after be, this. Yeah, yeah. Two years from now when you set it up, the LLC for work retired eye consulting, I'll get an voice. Um, but for me, would you say adjust what I think is funny to TikTok or maybe just stick to IG reels and YouTube where you know it may get demonetized, but it's yeah. not going to get taken down, which is honestly all I care about. Like if, if yeah. a video, it's not like I'm killing it on, like I'm not sustaining myself yeah. off of YouTube or IG. So it's like, would Who you- Who is really like- Yeah. Would you, would you say- maybe make things like make a watered down version for TikTok. 
kind of like Chunky's dead. I feel like uh, <laughs> I, I love her. She she gets away with so much on TikTok, but yeah. she also gets demonetized every other day. Okay. And, and she gets so many videos taken down. And she's really fucking funny. Yeah. And so it depends what your goal. Like, yeah. Like if you're someone, if you want to get like, like me, it's like, I want to, I don't, I want to get big enough that I get noticed. Like, I don't really care about being big on TikTok outside of getting noticed. So mm -hmm. like, if you would do that, if you just want to get noticed, then I would keep it in. I also think like, it's such a tough question to be like, should I make something that people are, I are, is catered towards my audience or something that I think is good. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a tough question that I always like try to figure out on my end where yeah. it's like, there's a, there's a medium ground where like, I, I do like try to do like 80, 20 personally, which I feel like is like a concept that it's like 80% of the things that I do is like maybe even more like 70, 30. I was like, I know my audience likes this. This is what they want. Then the other part is like, this is for me. It's like George Clooney's like, I do one movie for them, one movie for me. It's, I like you, that. You're not George Clooney. I'm not George Clooney, yeah. but did that answer your question or not? That, no, really? that, that, that like, didn't. I, you could also just change the font to not say weed and just that's true yeah so sometimes i'll just say it and i don't put in the, 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 the text caption. yeah i don't yeah. put in the captions there you and go for some, for some like sometimes it still uh does get taken down yeah. but like i feel like that happened to me like i had a 420 tiktok that i was like this is fucking hilarious but yeah. it like said weed like five times and it's like yeah it got like zero views it's yeah like, it just it takes the wind out of you when you spend Oh, it's so much time so on a video horrible. and it gets taken down. You're like, fuck or this it just shit. Doesn't, yeah. It gets like 200 plays and you just like are scrolling. Yeah. You're like refreshing it and you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I do like the the George Clooney thing though. One movie, one movie for them, one movie for that me. That he wants to do. Where it's like, you know, at a certain one point. One for you, one for me. One for them, one for me. And it's like, you know, it's like at the end of the day, if you're in the business of being a content creator, like it's important to have a big audience mm -hmm. to like give you money and give you a platform. But like, then you also want to do the stuff that you like to do that maybe half of those people will go see that, but doesn't really matter. Cause like to get the opportunities to do the stuff you want to do, you sometimes have to do the stuff that you know is going to do well, but you don't necessarily like aren't crazy about all the time. Yeah you do stuff that you know is going to do well that may not be the most fulfilling so that you can grow an audience to where you don't have to worry about it as much where totally. every, everything like you can kind of feed that sickness a little feed bit that, more and, and you demons, don't have to yeah. worry like you're like well i know at this point people are going to watch what i put yeah, out but it's building like up to that you have to be methodical and, and I feel like a little bit more cold and calculated with content where you're bit. like, this is not like faking liking something, but yeah. more like I could change this a little bit and I think it would be maybe funnier for to me. Yeah. But I know my audience is going to eat this shit up and, yeah. and it's not going to get taken down. So let me put I mean, it out and, like this. And also like at the end of the day, like you're still making a meme or you're still like, if you're a musician, you're like putting out a song. And it's like, no one, no one's telling anyone to like sell out completely. But like, there's a million musicians who made like Kanye fucking make started off making normal songs mm -hmm. and then he started to make the music that he wanted to, but yeah. then he's still fucking Kanye West. And then people, when you have a big, that's the difference between geniuses and, and starving artists. <laughs> the geniuses have a big enough platform to where yes. whatever they put out, yeah. they'd be like, 
this song only got 2 million streams instead of 2 billion because like it's just a genius and no one understands it. It's still got 2 million streams. Whereas if you don't have a platform, it's just like you suck. You get two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the ratio is not there. Yeah. Let's let's get into work, retire, die. Let's do it. Now that we've warmed up the the chops a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So for people who may not be familiar with work, retire, die... Why? Well, first, what is Work Retired Eye, and yep. why did you choose to go with that name? What What does Work Retired Eye mean on a deeper level to you? Yeah, so Work Retired Eye is comedy lifestyle brand that I started four years ago or so. It basically kind of parodies and mocks corporate America a little bit, but it's it's mainly like relatable humor for white collar office workers. Um, we have a blog, we have an Instagram page where I do memes, tweets, videos, YouTube page where I do videos and we sell merch too. So, so I've been doing it for a few years. I think the phrase started when we were graduating. One of my friend's grandpas was like, all right, so like all that's left is like, you know, now you work, retire and die. And we're all just like, fuck. And like we were, we would like chant like work, retire, die, yeah. like before it happened. And so I just kind of shamelessly stole it from like my group of friends, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't come up with it, but it was like a thing we said. But I think to me, the phrase like it kind of touches on something that I think most people can relate to is like throughout your life, you're like going to high school, you're going to college. There's like always the next thing. And then you graduate and you're kind of just like, fuck, like there's like no more milestones. You're just like, I'm really just like working until I'm 70 Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go die. And to me, it's like, it's kind of just speaking to that, like a little bit of an existential dread almost, but it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like figuring out, commenting on the monotony of that while at the same time trying to rise above it almost. Yeah. Does that make sense? That that makes sense. I I feel like the content that you make does a really good job at, like you said, poking fun at the the monotony of office life and all kind of like the little things, even if it's signing off Zoom or yep. it's someone fucking up their screen share yep. in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> and it's just like all these things that actually happen in corporate America that everyone kind of just like goes through with tight buttholes and they're just like, well, <laughs> yeah. this, like, this is the work part before yeah. I retire and die. Yeah, so it's exactly. like, but actually taking a step back and making fun of it kind of releases the pressure the a little bit yeah. where you see how awkward and ridiculous office life can be. Like totally. it's not normal to be cooped <laughs> up inside a cubicle for nine to 12 hours a day. And there's a lot of weird shit that happens in the office that no one talks about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, so I was in corporate America for five years. I recently quit my job in November, October, but I felt like one of my main frustrations was that everyone was just taking everything so seriously. And it's like, why are we like speaking in all these buzzwords or like, why are we like, why am I getting like yelled at about an email that's getting sent to our subscribers 
for, I used to work on Crock-Pot as a slow cooker. Okay. I saw you have an Instapot, by the way. You need to throw that yes, out. Yes, I yeah, do. We're, we're actually gonna... sponsored by Instapot. <laughs> yeah. to see it. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, I was like, we're sending it out an email to Crock-Pot subscribers. Yeah. And like, they're not going to, half of them aren't going to open it. But like, yeah. people are like fucking taking themselves so seriously. You make and, one like, typo and they think like Crock-Pot yeah, stock's going to tank 30%. Like, no one like, gives a shit at the end of the day. And like, I get it. Like, I get like, I'm not trying to like shit on people's careers, but I'm just saying like, I do feel like for most things in life, just people need to take themselves like a little bit less seriously and mm-hmm. like just realize like we're all fucking people like doing this made up thing called selling slow cookers mm-hmm. to other people. Like it's not like it's not life or death at the, yeah. end of, at the end of the day. What's your favorite buzzword you think for you to make fun of? Because you, you have you have a yeah, good amount of buzzwords good. and... I'm trying to think of some now, but it's like, I'm trying to think of the buzzwords and now they're not coming yeah, to my there's brain. there's a lot like circle back. Yes. Is a big back one. Good, yeah, we'll circle. There's like a, a lot of- Synergy or like optimize synergy. It's like- Synthesis, why do we have to synthesize. Say yeah, yeah, yeah. Like circle back is a big one. Um, follow up offline is my- Follow up offline is my favorite one because like it's stuff like passive aggressiveness where it's like, yeah, like um, we'll just follow up off online with that. Or like maybe this is better served in like a separate- phone call where it's like you're basically saying like dude shut the fuck up you're like making this really awkward but like yeah why don't you just email me this on the side so we're not like embarrassing ourselves yeah. in front of everyone i'm gonna start yeah. saying that on the podcast you know that <laughs> no that's a really good point but yeah. we should definitely follow up <laughs> offline about yeah, we'll this touch base on that <laughs> on on after. we're gonna circle back to this <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the end yeah like let's not <laughs> put this on the public facing stuff yeah, yeah. no so. that's uh that's a good point there's like this odd email lingo where you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism and also get across the point that you want to get across, which may be to fuck off, but because you work for, and I understand it too, like be having a sense why people do it. Yeah. Like, like having a full-time job in a, in a therapy company. Like I, I definitely deal with, uh, like some of the bullshit with, uh, just communication and, I could tell for myself and employees, like people would rather just be straight up, but it's right. like the corporate culture. It's the structure that forces you to like communicate in a certain way. Cause yeah. everyone, like no one wants to get fired. And there's this weird dynamic of, I want to communicate this really straightforward thing and I need to use indirect language to do so. Right. And so that's where circle back comes from. Yeah. Like, dude, it's fucking 4.58 and it's yeah. Friday. Like, go fuck like, yourself. Can we not like, talk yeah. about this right now? Like, yeah. like, I'm just like, why can't we just say that? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. And I feel like it does make you sound really smart though. Like, I feel like when I first started working, my bosses who were like six or seven years older mm-hmm. than me, were, were talking in all these buzzwords. And I was like, holy shit, these people are like <laughs> so fucking smart. Like, I wish it's a language and you just like learn it by being around it we were talking about this a little bit earlier where it's like you're home for quarantine and you hear like your dad or like your brother on like a work call. And you're just seeing this person who, you know, like doesn't talk like that, like speaking professionally. And it's like, dude, what are you fucking doing? So one of the, one of the ideas that, that popped into my sickness recently that I need to get out on TikTok TikTok has to do with buzzwords. I, so my girlfriend is French. And so I recently downloaded Duolingo to try to learn some French to talk okay. to her parents. Okay. This idea for like, I guess I could do it by myself or maybe um, with someone else. 
depending on how it goes. But it's like, it would be really funny to do a Duolingo, but for like corporate speak. Yes. And I've yeah. never really done like a corporate speak thing, but it would be like- It'd be a good board get, game. Like, yeah, like yeah. it tells you to say it out loud. And I feel like an idiot saying French shit out loud that I can't even pronounce <laughs> yeah, in my apartment just, where it's yeah. just like, like uh, the translation for circle back right. is fuck off, it's Friday. And yeah, it's like- yeah fuck off it's friday and then it's just like it it gives you like a check like Doo -doo, like on <laughs> on, on duolingo and yeah, it's like that. and it's like then it gives you the opposite translation but i was like yeah there needs to be some sort of app for corporate america speak where you can practice it like outside because you do need to know it and like i'm not going to change the system like if, unless you're going to fucking dismantle the way people talk like you do need to be like fluent in it to then operate outside of it but yeah i like what you're saying like we used to do like buzzword dictionaries where it's like you use it in a sentence and then like using circle back in a non-corporate sentence. So it's like, imagine it's, it kind of pokes fun. It's like, imagine if we spoke like this in like normal ways. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if you're like, dude, like, do you want to go out tonight? It's like, I had a long week. That's out of scope for me, man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Sorry. Like, okay, man. Like just yeah. tell me you're too tired. Like, or if, uh, or if you're uh, you're at a bar and you you walk up to a girl and you're you're trying to hit on her and she's like, sorry, like I'm just not feeling the synergy right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like exactly. maybe we should circle back like yeah, at a later yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll follow up offline. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, can you hilarious. not reject me in front of all these people? <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. Rege getting rejected in corporate speak. If it's not already rejected. Rejected. It needs to be like yeah. a, a video right now. That, yeah. That'd be fucking hilarious. Something I wanted to to get into since uh, a big part of work, retire, die, and still is a huge part of work, retire, die is memes. Yep. Before we get into some examples of memes that you've created, for you, what makes a good meme? Like what is the defining characteristic of a good meme? And, and I honestly get jealous when I see really <laughs> good memes because Same. as a podcaster... I have an idea that I want to convey and it may take me five to seven minutes to get a point out or something. Yep. And then I see a meme that says the same exact thing in an... In like in, a, like, yeah. And then like I see it in five seconds. I'm yeah. like, oh, I could have just said this. It's, I could have just showed this to someone and be like, right, this, like, is, this is what my entire podcast episode was yeah, just Yeah. Look, just look at this <laughs> meme and you don't have to listen to this yeah. podcast. So for you, what makes a good meme? I think it's got to be simple is the first thing, like you said, like simple, relatable, and specific. So the relatable and specific things are a little different, but it's like, I'm trying to think of a good example where it's like, maybe it's a picture of a guy. There's a, a meme template where it's like a picture of a guy texting at a table while there's like a group of people fighting over there. So like everyone can relate to the feeling of like other people are doing something else and you don't care about it. So I think I maybe made a meme that was like, people in my office fighting over promotions, me at my desk researching underwater civilization mm -hmm. conspiracies. Yeah. So, like, so it's like specifically and like weird a little bit, but everyone's like, oh yeah, I look up conspiracies, but it's like, I could just be like me at my desk on Twitter. And mm -hmm. like, that's like not as funny as like, do you know what I mean? Where it's like, mm -hmm. you need to be a little more specific, but keep it relatable at the same time. It's a tough balance to strike. Almost to the point where you're being specific enough where you think it may be too specific, but yeah. in reality, it's yeah. right at the point where everyone else knows what knows. you're so talking like that about. example might actually have been too specific. I don't know if yeah. that meme 
did really well. No, like I, the, I, yeah. I felt it. It was yeah, a verbal yeah. meme, and I, I still <laughs> got meme. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. And then I think like just also having the picture be funny too, which mm-hmm. is like out of your control. But like I find it, I'm I'm on Reddit all the time, and Reddit is like a bloodbath of just like. Some of the darkest, yeah. meanest people on the internet. I used to like promote my YouTube videos on Reddit, and the oh, comments dude. are so mean, dude. It is, like, a, it is a. <laughs> I'll I'll promote. I could go back uh, without looking at which videos I put on Reddit just by going in my YouTube history and seeing the comments, and I'd, I'd be, be like, like, "Yeah, I posted that you. one on Reddit." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. go fuck you. Like, you're a fucking yeah. joke, bro. Like, yeah, you're, it's like you're Jesus go fucking Christ, die. Guys. Like. So I don't know, I don't really post on Reddit anymore, but I do. There's like a lot of threads that have like meme templates that like I'll find I'll find stuff off Twitter and shit like that. Yeah. But so yeah. you find you find the picture first, and then you see the picture, and you think, oh, this is gold. Like I, I need to use both. this, or you have the idea, and you're looking for a picture that fits the idea. Yeah, that's a good. I think it's both. It's like I'll like write down like five or six ideas, and then. I'll find a bunch of pictures and then sometimes I'll mash them together. Sometimes I won't. Like sometimes the picture leads to the idea. Sometimes the idea leads to the picture. It's also an interesting... So my page is like memes, tweets. I do like video memes too. Video memes have been big lately mm-hmm. where like like Friday Beer... Do you, you know Friday Beers is? No, no. Friday Beers is like... It's, this, it's a fucking sick page. I love this page. And they basically have like... 15 to 30 second videos that a lot of times are like movie clips or like sports things and they'll put text over the things and it's about like drinking stuff but like you see the thing is like I do this then I do that and it's like almost a story told over so movie clips is the the actual photo is it a photo or like it's a video of like a scene from Step Brothers, but it's like okay. me telling my brother, yes, like, yeah, we're yeah. not going out tonight. And he's like, we're fucking going out tonight. But yeah. like, they're saying, it's it's a weird, it's hard to describe I've, it. I've like, seen, uh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen a lot of it on TikTok yeah. too, where people will take a scene and there's kind of this, where it's like a battle scene, this through line emotion of yeah. the scene, but you replace the dialogue with, with like, some, like your own dialogue, but you still get the idea that it's this person right. against this person. Right. And you kind of, right. kind of replace them. So like, that is the thing where it's like, sometimes there's so many formats to deliver these things that it's like figuring out the right, it's like, is this better as a tweet or like, is this better as a meme? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, perfect segue. <laughs> I printed out a couple, out a a couple few memes, memes for us to there go through. Go. So for for people that are listening, I'm going to link these memes in the podcast description so you can follow Let's follow along it. with us if you like, if you're driving. This might be the first time someone's printed out one of my memes. This yeah. Is, it's, it's so exciting. I apologize for the lack of color. And also uh, for the video podcast, if you're watching this, I'm going to put it in the corner somewhere in the YouTube video okay. so you'll see the full color version. So for the first one we have up... This one says, that's just the way we've always done it. And then there's on the bottom left corner, cool, new disruptive idea backed by data and data, uh, data and trend analysis. And I'm butchering it, but you can see it if you're uh, watching or listening. And it looks like there's this huge ship. So I'm yeah. going to hand this picture to sure. you. And while people, no, people it's are like following along. Test. Yeah. So, so I'll pop, people, tell me what you see. Yeah. <laughs> Can you describe what was going through your head when you made this? Kind of what was the idea? How you how you came up yeah. with the caption? Things like so that. So like this this was during the that canal. The boats were stuck in the canal. Mm-hmm. So this is basically showing an immovable object and like 
it's pretty funny because it's like they're trying to move this boat with like the smallest little tractor. Yeah. So it's like an immovable object that this guy is trying to move, but it's like clearly a fruitless task. So I'm starting to think like, how did this reply to like apply to work? And it's like, to me, like one of the things that's always was frustrating to me is like, I would think I, I would come up with ideas that I thought would be like, oh, it'd be cool if we did this. But a lot of the times people were like, you know, every October we send out this email, like, or yeah. we do we've this. Al- we've sale. always sent it this we've way. Yeah, this we've been like, doing this since like, like 1950. It's so. like, okay, then like, what are we doing here just to repeat the same thing? So I think, and I think it's something a lot of, especially younger people can relate to where like the mantra of that's the way we've always done it is just easier. And like, I think that's a thing with working in an office is you just get set into, and I, I definitely got set into this is like, how can I do my job in the least amount of work possible? Which is like kind of the vibe. And like at the end of the day, like that's fine. But like, you do feel like a little bad about yourself by the end of it. Yeah. And like, well, it, you're I incentivized feel like a, that way too. Cause like yeah. if you're getting paid the same and you're getting results that you're not getting fired for, then yeah. why, why there's change no it up? reason. Yeah. Well, and then that's the kind of thing it's like, it's almost in a, in, an, in a company like that, like it's almost not worth it to try really hard because it's like, it's your, all your stuff is going to get shot down and you can get the same results by giving 20% effort. Yeah. So it's like, at the same time I was like, when I was working corporate America, I was like, okay, I'm just going to work on work retired eye and my comedy stuff on the sides. For years, I was giving 30% effort at work mm-hmm. and doing stuff at work. And I literally was getting promoted. So I'm guessing a huge part of that was learning the corporate lingo. Yes. So if you weren't doing something that you're supposed to be doing, you could sound I smart. Could, yeah. And, just be, and they'll be like, dude, Jax, like, dude, how is this it. dude not vice president? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then you go like, back to work. I feel time. like most people can relate to this too, where it's like, if you've been doing the same job for like two years, you can just get away with murder. Because like, mm. if you actually need to do something really quickly, like you know how to do it. Like you've done it a hundred times. Yeah. Like, you can just fucking do it. And you, you, you don't want to do it too second. fast at the beginning yes. because then people expect you to do it yes. at that speed. So you're yes. like, you uh, set I'm the finished, bar. but like, yeah. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to be like, oh, I got this done. Just right. so the next time they'll think this is an you overnight want, task. You always want someone to ask you to do something. You'd be like, I mean, I got a lot on my plate right now. That was good. Like, yeah. the, like the, that, that could so be rub, your, rub yeah. your head like, Jesus. Yeah, when do you need the spy? Oh, end of day, Jesus. Ah, is tomorrow okay? And like, I could do it in five minutes. Yeah. But it's like... I think I think you just, uh, <laughs> you made a meme right there. You just there you need go. like the concept. There you go, that's it right um, there. But yeah, I just realized why I love memes and I never really thought about it this deeply before, but memes are like a metaphor. Like you said, there's this immovable object. There's this huge ship in a canal yeah, And that is immovable, just like the tradition at a company, no matter how right. good your idea is, no matter if it's going to take 10 times less work and will bring 10 times more return. Right. This ship, this immovable tradition is staying there. It takes there. a lot to steer it. And memes yeah. are in a sense like... If, if everyone compiled all the memes that were ever made, there would be like this metaphor search engine yeah. where you could search like a movable object. Right. And it would be like, like here's this all meme the meme template was used on a thousand, a million different meme pages that were like, maybe it's about like dating and it's like finding a girlfriend and it's like, and emo- uh, yeah. it's like, yeah, like dying alone, like, like me 
getting shit. I don't know. Like, and then that, you that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And but you, you change it to the too. Theme. Well, you could become an immovable object yeah. if you get shit so I'm trying to figure out if you what get drunk, yeah. If you get drunk enough to where you, you can't move yourself. Yes. And then your friends are trying to move you. Yeah. Or where or the it drinking be like, itself becomes immovable, where you're yes. an alcoholic. Yes. And that's a little and darker, yeah. but we yes, enjoy yeah. those kind of yes, things. Yes, we do. That's a Reddit, yeah. that's a Reddit meme right Yeah, it's there. like horrible personal habits and it's like buying a salad for yeah. lunch. It's yeah. like that kind of thing. Exactly. So like, yeah, that's like why memes are cool because you figure it out. We we have the the second one coming up. This one looks like a trade offer and it says, I receive your happiness. Corporate America looks like they're plotting in the middle. And then it says, you receive a thermos with our logo on it at Christmas. <laughs> So, so break down this one right here. What was the idea behind it? So I, I really like this template because it's pretty funny. It's pretty simple too. And you get what they're saying. And I think the guy's face is really funny. So like, this is an example to me of like a good template that makes the meme pretty good. Um, you saw that and you were like, I was like I, I gotta I'm going to make it. something yeah, with this. And it's yeah, gonna yeah. Be corporate America is the guy. And then what do they get? What do you get? And I think like, it's funny that you're like, a thermos with our logo on at Christmas is such a, to me, a very relatable thing that like people are like, thanks, billion dollar corporation. Like you gave us a t-shirt yeah. that says Newell Brands on it. And like, when, oh my God, when am I going to wear this? This cost you yeah. 30 cents to have yeah. some little tie boy make. And yeah, yeah it's so like I've been working here for 10 years. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, like, yeah, thank you for 20 years of service. Here's a mug. And it's super, like, super applicable yeah. do, during uh, COVID for uh, getting getting released or, or laid off from a company where yes. it's like, oh, Sharon, sorry. Like, thank you for 20 years. I know years you've given us years. 20 years here, but... I received 20 years of service. We have this college kid that's willing to do your re- work <laughs> exactly. remote for a third of the price. So exactly. here's a mug. Like, yeah. thank you so and much. Like, I mean, obviously you get more than a thermos from court. You get a job and benefits. Yeah. Like, But I think at the end of the day, people are like, I think it relates or people like feel like they're sacrificing a lot. And at the end of the day, you're, you spend a lot of your time at work, right? Like if you're working a nine to five commuting, that's like most of your day. That's 70% of your week. Yeah. And I feel like what I was feeling, it was like, I'm giving so much of my time to something that does not make me happy at all. And what am I getting from it? A thermos with my logo on at Christmas. Not actually true, but like, I feel like people can relate to that a little bit where I think there's a lot of unhappy people in, who are white collar workers. Yeah. It's uh... at the end of the day. But it's almost like, what else is there? Like, you feel bad complaining because you get, you know, a middle-class salary and like, yeah. you get your own apartment. But you're like, I I actually felt like I was, since I've, like, I felt like I would be like so unhappy during the week and then just like drink like crazy on the weekend because I was so fucking miserable. And then like, go back. And I was like, I was spending more money when I was making more money. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, I'm saving more money now that I'm not making like a yeah. quarter of what I was before, you know? Yeah. No, I I feel that a lot, even with uh, like podcasting. I don't even know if I, I would call it uh, on the side because it, it feels like a, a second job, but yeah. it, but it's like, it's more play. So it's totally. like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm doing 70 hours a week of work. I feel like yeah. the podcasting is more just like, what this is my break. And on the weekends, I can feel like I'm just like, all right, I, I'm 
not going to go out. COVID obviously helps with that too. Yeah. It helps to get COVID helps. Yeah. It's like, like, Oh, I can, you know, have someone over on a a Saturday afternoon, record a podcast, like fucking write some shit for, yeah. For your demon. Uh, video, yeah, for my demon and, and uh, demon. like plan, plan out some other podcast, shoot yeah. out some emails for guests. I'm just like, yeah, this feels like work, but it, it's, it's more of a, a play thing. And w- whereas a lot of people in corporate America feel like they're like their f- fucking souls are getting yeah. sat, like you're getting, you're getting the job and you're getting the stability, but at the same time, everyone has those demons yeah. and I'm, I'm super grateful that I'm in a position where I can feed those demons yeah. in the form of content well, where a lot of people like kind of feel don't trapped have an outlet. and it keeps growing and growing yeah. and growing. Like the I, demon gets fed and then it goes away when I record a podcast. But some people are just like, I have two kids and I want to start a podcast well, and do was, a blog. And it's honestly, like, well, fuck. That was part of what inspired me to start when I was like 23, 24, because I was kind of like, I can see getting very trapped in this life. And like, I'm like, if I don't start now, and I think this is the same for everybody, like if you don't start now, you're ne- like, time is ticking. Like you are going to die, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you don't want to look up and be 35, 40, married with kids and be like, fuck, I should have done this. You can still do it if you're 35, 40, married and kids. It's just harder. 100%. But I, I feel like we're very lucky that like we have something that we're good at and we like doing as an outlet. I think more people have that than they think. And it just is a matter of doing it. But I, it's not for me to say because I, I have that thing. Like yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to like, it, it feels tough to start a creative pursuit at the start because you, you think about everything that's going to go wrong. Yeah. And there's a lot of work that you have to front load at the beginning to get shit set up. So yeah. a lot of people don't get past that front loading phase. People make fun of you too. Like, yeah, people, yeah. Like people what is this guy doing? Like, yeah, I feel like people said that about me. Like, what is Jack doing? Like, what is he, what, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and it's hard to like push through that if you don't, if you don't care enough yeah. to push through it. I used to feel like I had to explain myself to people who didn't get the podcast stuff or yeah. even some of the weird TikTok videos. And then I just realized that if someone else doesn't get it or if someone else doesn't like it, which yeah. is totally okay, I'm not creating content for everyone. It's wasting the energy that I could be putting into content explaining why this yeah. is not crazy or weird. And some of it may, some of it is, some of it may be. But I, but I it's think like, that comes with like experience and success or not success, but like success. Cause like, I feel like I don't need as much validation because I feel like I've been doing it for so long and it's done well that like, I don't really care if someone thinks it's weird that I'm doing it because like, I know it's fine, but like, I definitely didn't feel that way for like two years. Like if I had heard someone sit talking about me behind my back and saying like, what does Jack think he's doing? Like that would have ruined me in 2018. Right. And and it's crazy that that one meme explains the past five minutes of conversation. (laughs) We're still, we're still discussing this meme. Yeah. Yeah, We're still in the second meme. Like it's crazy that this one meme said all of that. That's the power of memes. memes, Look look at it. We we put one meme in front of our face and we're just like pouring our souls out. That's how you should structure your podcast now is memes. Dude. I, so you, you, uh, I, I, I hope it's okay that I bring this up 
up, but you, you called me about a podcast probably like four yeah. or five months ago. Has there been any plannings in the, in the work for a podcast? Like even structured around memes, like that, that would be a fucking hilarious yeah, podcast where you have guests on and you have a segment. You're just like, let's talk about this meme. I, yeah, I did call you and you were very helpful. I feel like at the time, it's still something I want to do. I feel like it's a lot of work to get it to grow it, I feel like. And I feel like I have a lot of other balls in the air right now that I don't want to... Balls in the air. That's a good corp. There you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't air. fucking help it. <laughs> balls in the air, yeah, baby. Fuck. Um, I don't want to like start it and then like miss three weeks. I want to like know that I can do it and commit to it. So that's why I haven't done it. That's also probably an excuse realistically. But I do have a lot of other creative balls in the air. Fuck it. Creative, creative <laughs> no, 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 no. activities. That, made, that makes sense. It that, ma- yeah. I'm like, it makes sense. I, I don't want to half-ass it. Like I, I, my main thing is podcasting. So yeah. I, I can like, it affords me the ability to fire off TikTok videos, which is right. much more low effort. And I feel if like my you can't thing fire wasn't, off podcasts. Yeah, you can't like really yeah. fire off a podcast. So yeah. I, I definitely benefit from like yeah. the thing that I'm doing casually is just like I put a phone in front of my face and five minutes later totally. I have this video. It's totally. hard to... Especially but I would with, like, I think my vision for it was like talking about corporate America and interviewing people who have side hustles or left corporate America with a mate, like every week talking about an office related topic, like how to flirt with your crush on Zoom and like giving tips. Like, I, I feel like it's it hard. Could, it's hard to it flirt with your crush hard. on Zoom. The, the, the sexual tension can get a lot. You got to eat Especially oysters. when they're married. Eat oysters or on the Zoom, brother. <laughs> really? Natural aphrodisiac. Really? Just, so don't actually do that. Okay. I'll, I'll stop doing that. Then. Yeah, yeah. I was just doing <laughs> that for lunch. The, I'll cancel the oysters <laughs> that I had being delivered for the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Next so meme. last meme, serial killers. I, I, I love this one. So <laughs> we have two kids standing scared in the corner. Yep. And again, you can follow along with this linked in the bio. If you're uh, linked in the podcast description, if you're listening, you'll see this up on the video. Two kids scared in the corner, serial killers and psychopaths. It says on one side of the picture, and then there's a bunny rabbit and a bucket where it says people who don't use a uh, second monitor for Excel. Yes. And I, I, I thought this was hilarious. Can you, can you break this one yeah. down for me? Do, do our audience so, uh, the pleasure. Yeah, let's do it. So basically you got two people that are scared of something. And I think, and then serials and psychopaths is like, the person who doesn't use a second monitor for Excel is even worse than a psychopath and a serial killer. So that's like the basic thing. And I think it's like, it's just like a kind of funny thing that people are like, yeah, like who doesn't use a second monitor for Excel? You have to be crazy not to do that. But I think it's like a funny way of delivering that one joke. I actually don't use a second monitor for Excel. So I'm kind of making fun of myself here. I used to, when I was working in the office, I stopped using a second monitor because I would make memes all the time. And a couple of times I would like accidentally have it up on my second monitor and like my boss would come up by and be like, what is this? And I'd be like, oh, nothing. Yeah. So eventually <laughs> I had to just like keep it to my laptop. And I was like, I, and then like, I, it's terrible for you. Like I'm hunching like this. So I'm like, like making an Did Excel anyone sheet. in the office, did your friends in the office know that you were doing work retire die or I did had, you keep it secret? Except with your friends outside of the same company. Yeah, I had one friend who knew about it for the whole time. He's my friend, David. He's also a comedian. So when I like started, 
I would like ask him for feedback on stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he helped me with it. By the end, there was probably three or four people who I was friends with who knew. But so I quit my job in October and I had been wanting to for a while. We could talk about this now or another point. But like, I basically was like, I had been living at home for a while and saved up a bunch of money. So I was lucky enough for that, that I was able to quit and figure it out. But anyways, I quit my job and I told my bosses that I was pursuing a career in comedy. Mm -hmm. And like, I had never mentioned that I did comedy. So they were like, okay, like, I guess you're funny. Like, you don't, like, I'm not like that funny in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, okay, like I would be on a call and like, Someone would be like, oh, Jack's leaving us to like be a screenwriter. And like the boss, like 50-year-old guys would be like, all right, good luck with that. Like you've so only the, like so the boss would the boss would say that. Well, they out were they loud. were out loud and like they were my friends. Yeah. And like I was tight with my bosses. Like a lot of my memes making fun of my bosses is not like about them. Like they were very cool and they were genuinely yeah. excited for me. But like it was funny to be on calls with people who I only knew vaguely as a professional person and being like, I'm pursuing comedy. And they're like, okay, like, yeah, all right, all right, all right, bro. Yeah. never made a joke on a call, but whatever. But then I told them on the last day and I was like, please don't be like, like I told my friends on the last day who I worked with my, and I was like, don't be mad. But like, I've been making memes about how much I hate this job yeah. for like three years, but they all actually thought it was cool. And they all thought it was funny. Cause they all were like, this is relatable. And like, by that point it was big. It was like 15, 20 K ish. Yeah. So they were like, Oh, this is like an actual thing. Yeah. Like you're not like being. And you have over 50 K now on Instagram. Baby, yeah. Popping off. I know it's been, it's been a big ride. Like I, I was talking about this in another podcast, but like when I quit my job, it was kind of wild. Like I had known I wanted to after in like the beginning of September, but I was like, I need another month or so, maybe two months of like getting paychecks to save a little bit more mm-hmm. money. But I knew I was going to quit. And I had been doing really well in my c- career at this company. And my boss gave me, like pulled me aside, gave me like an unscheduled, or I guess it was scheduled, but she gave me a, like a 10% raise the day after I mentally said I was going to quit. Yeah. And it was like, first time I was making over six figures. And yeah. I and I felt like it was a little bit like I was being tested a little bit. Do you really want to quit your job? Like you're making good money. And like my girlfriend was like, are you sure you don't want to just like get another paycheck? Like you want to yeah. like do this There's now? There's always and I was like, paycheck, Yeah, baby. I was like, it's honestly, like no, because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I can't like go back really. Like I can't mentally do that. That's good for you though. I feel like that's yeah. how people get trapped in this. This they, is called the golden doing, handcuffs. Yeah, they're, do, yeah. they're doing their, their thing and maybe they have a side hustle. And then all of a sudden they get that raise and they're like, fuck, like right. and it's the always, money outweighs the desire to create the the content or maybe take, like take like, a short term financial hit for of, the long term yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. And I feel like this might, I feel like this isn't the same thing if you work at like a bank or something, mm-hmm. but like with corporate America, like it's always like just enough money that it's worth it, but not enough money to like save it's not like if you were at a bank and you get like a $30,000 bonus at mm-hmm. the end of the year, like, I don't know if that number is a lot or not, but like- Not to you me. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fucking make bank yeah, exactly. the speech there. Uh, yeah, I'll make this up half a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm like, you could get that bonus and quit your job and have enough to coast on for a few months. Mm-hmm. In like offices, it's like, you're getting like a 5K raise over the course of each paycheck. That's like- $500. Like, it's mm. not like that noticeable. Yeah. But that's how they like suck you in. It's like just enough. But anyways. And you also, you, most people, 
lift their expenses along the, with the paycheck. Yeah. So they want like, how am I not saving anything? I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm making, I started this job making 80 K now I'm making like 150. Yeah. But you don't realize like you got that like apartment. all those small, sh- all that yeah. small shit adds up over time. And so it's hard to, I don't know what it's like to have like a fucking massive paycheck, like a, the huge bonus because the yeah. therapy industry is just not the type of industry that hands out bonuses. But yeah. like, I imagine if it were me, it's hard to not get that sort of paycheck in one thing and be like, this well, I got to save all of this. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not, not going to get a car. Or yeah. model, yeah, I'm not going to totally. get a model, model if, three Tesla. If you're, not, if you're not like trying to go to grass, if you're not like going for something and you're just living your life, like why would you save that much money? Like you would just fucking spend it. Yeah. So, but what was I talking about? I was talking about creating my, creating my job. And yeah. Then, what, and like then, kind of then, what led up to yeah, the, the, and, you quit it and then people were joking about it before kind of on calls where you weren't super familiar yeah. with. And then it happened. So in the aftermath of you quitting your job, because there are a lot of people that are listening to this that may have quit their jobs recently, especially during the pandemic, got let go or plan on quitting them soon for you. What was that immediate two to three months like after you quit your job in terms of just like mentally, but also your day to day? Like how, how did that change for you? So it was interesting because once I quit my job, I started to have more opportunities just kind of come to me a little bit. Like I'd have people reach out to me about something. Like I I picked up a part-time job that I still am doing now. I work for this gambling website. I write a couple columns a week and I like manage their content and manage the writers. I got that job from another guy, from a guy who had worked with me and work retired eye stuff, but he'd reached out to me about stuff in the past. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do it because I have a job. So like stuff like that, or then even just doing it more, like I got noticed by this other company through work retired eye. Like, I think like things have fallen into my lap a little bit that like, I didn't see it coming when I quit. But like, I feel like that's a lot of people will say that when they quit their job to do something like things, opportunities do come to you a little bit that like, you're almost telling the universe, like, this is what I want to do. And it sends stuff your way. Not to be, you know, cliche or whatever. Yeah, but, no, no, no. Um, I, 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 like when, uh, when you have, you may think that it's it, like, it could be a force that's rewarding you for making the right yeah. decision. And it, I don't know what that force is. And then you also have the fact that you have more time. And so yes. a lot of those things that, just weren't even crossing your mind to take all of a sudden, you, you know, you're getting emails and you're like, Oh, I'm actually going to consider this because mm-hmm. I have time now. So, so you're doing the, the part-time gambling column and yep. then you're doing the, the work or tired die stuff yep. in the time I, besides that. Yeah. And then I also, I'm working with this company. It's a media company that they basically manage meme pages and like viral internet pages and like TikTok and meme pages and like they sell ad space to people and like so they found me through work retired die and I like started talking with them and like what I helped them with is they helped me start the comma club like they were like you should do TikToks they're helping with it a little bit and then I'm now helping them manage a couple different meme pages but like a lot of these meme pages are like run by like college kids mm-hmm. who like just need someone to like create a schedule and like tell them when to post and like just help them grow it a little bit. So I think it's a nice mix of like using my corporate experience in like stuff I like to do 
kind of managing that stuff. So I do that as well. That's so you're like coming little, in with the business end of the main like, page, kind of like getting more, people on schedule. Yeah, but like helping them give them creative ideas as well, where it's okay. like, all right, you should post about like, oh, the NFL drafts tonight. Like, let's post something about the NFL draft. And they're like, oh yeah, good call. Like I should do that. Yeah. Like, it's just like, so it's been kind of fun. like kind of like a fatherly meme like, figure. Like I, I'm, yeah, I've been like, in this game for a while. Yeah. You know, I'm the wise. But honestly, father like meme. all these pages are bigger than work tired eyes. Like it's crazy how big fucking meme some pages are. Like just 300k million. Like yeah. they just pop off overnight. But I think that's been good to like get to know people in that space, like the social media space. So I've been doing the gambling, the work tired eye. That I also write. I've been working on a few screenplays that I'm. Um, submitting to different contests and festivals and stuff. I submitted one last year that did well in a few festivals and like, Oh hell yeah. Yeah. So like, can people watch it publicly? No, it's more of just like a writing sample. So okay. like for me, the goal is to like have a couple good samples to get signed by like an agent that can get me a job writing for a show. You know, it's like a, a very hard industry to break into. Mm. I like it though. I think it's like a good skill to have. And like, I think I have validation that I could do it. It's just, you know, another ball to juggle, as we yeah, say. It's another yeah, ball, it's <laughs> another, another ball. ball in the air. No, yeah. but that, that's that's cool though. The getting, um, I, I imagine it helps worth work both sides of your brain, where you're saying the content out loud in the short form, and then you're also yep. writing the longer, yeah, form screenplay. I imagine that kind of plays off each other, and even like. I, it is. I, I imagine that it's going to work out with the, with the screenplay, but it's yeah, like, hopefully. even, even if nothing happened with it and you were just writing it just to write it, it seems like doing that sort of stuff would help you create content. And it feels more like artistic than making internet content, which mm -hmm. can be artistic, but it is hard sometimes because it's like, I could make a TikTok and then it's going to go viral and I'm going to get like the endorphins flooding into my brain right yeah. now. I can make a meme that's going to go viral or I could like sit down for three hours, work on my script that probably no one's ever going to see. And like, it's just like having the discipline to like, be like, I right, yeah. don't think about making a TikTok right now. Cause yeah. like you have to work on this. No, that, like, it's, it's a there's real no thing. reward for it until like six months from yeah, now. Yeah. It's like a yeah. real thing. It's like, you get that, you get that instant juice where totally. you make a TikTok yeah. and you know when it's like 30 minutes in and, and maybe it's like, like three ten yeah, yeah, it's like, like 10 oh, times the amount yeah. of likes you normally get. And you're just like, you're just fucking like the <laughs> TikTok monster. You're just like fucking sitting there jerking just, off, refreshing yeah. the page. Yeah, and you're just exactly. like, yeah, I'll see you on the for you <laughs> yeah. page, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's a the hard worst thing to do. Is like when you have a viral TikTok and like two weeks later, people are still commenting on it and you're like, guys, shut the fuck up. Like, I yeah. can't even get notifications. I, 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 was, I was done with that two weeks ago. Yeah. Please, please stop like, commenting on that. Yeah. So what's some of the, like the dark, maybe more sketchy shit that goes on in the, the meme world? Because I know Fuck Jerry had this controversy where they were posting memes and not giving credit, credit to the person, but then they would post it later. But everyone on social media knows that like that first influx you get. Totally. Like if you tag them 30 yeah, minutes later, like, it's like... Like it, it, have you experienced any sketchy shit like that where you see... And obviously you don't have to name anybody, but just like in general where you see things going on, you're like, I know that wasn't you. Or even on TikTok, there have been some things like giving credit is a huge like thing on TikTok. New, new main. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fucked up to me. I don't have a problem with a page that doesn't 
pretend like they make their own stuff, posting other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. I think you should be crediting other people if you're posting other people's stuff, especially like small creators. Cause like that's part of the way that I've grown is like, I've had memes get reposted by big meme pages and people then follow me from that. Like mm -hmm. that's huge. I want to think the best of people, but I feel like a lot of times, like when something goes viral enough, you no longer have control of it. It's like to the, it's the internets now. You yeah. know what I mean? I personally, for my stuff, I only post original content because to me, I've always viewed it as like a portfolio of what I can do as a creator. And like, that's gotten me some of these other jobs that they're like, you're a good creator. You like, you make your own stuff. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be happy reposting other people's stuff. Cause like, to me, it's like, well, that's yeah, not being mine. Like a like, curator. How does this help? How does this make you feel good? But some people are into that. Like, yeah, it's curating versus creating. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think as long as you're like upfront and like not pretending like new main is kind of fucked up because like he's pretending like it's his thing mm -hmm. versus just tagging me like, got this idea from that guy. Like, I don't know what joy you get out of that. But yeah, I, that's, I don't do that. So I, I, don't I really do know. think it's fucked up on, on TikTok. Also, when someone, since audio is so big on TikTok and when yeah. you click on the audio on TikTok, it takes you back to the original. Uh -huh. When people re-record yeah. a song or they re-record a sketch and then they post and they, it and it comes up as their account and then they come up as the original. Yeah. I feel like TikTok has to do something about that because there are like so many times where... One of my uh, favorite artists that I follow on TikTok is Two Feet and he has uh, this song, Go Fuck Yourself, that has blown up on TikTok and he's kind of gotten a resurgence on TikTok as well. But people repost his song as their own sound and it doesn't necessarily go right. back to his original video gotcha. that he posted. And same thing, I, th I think there was something going on with New Main where he was kind of re-recording the sound or, yeah. or pulling it and then re-uploading like it. Yeah. Like you can upload a video on like a, right. a side account and then pull the then, audio from that account and it'll like see, go like, back that's to just yours. Like so much effort to me to like, why don't you just come up with your own ideas? I guess you can all the time. Like yeah. I've definitely had memes taken from me from a bigger account and then they don't tag me until five hours later. And it's yeah, like, and they're like, this oh, we tagged you, bro. It's like, yeah, like, but you, you got 50,000 yeah, likes. Like, you DM them like, please tag me and they don't view it because like, I get what, I get it. They probably get a million DMs. Like, yeah. Like I said, like once things go kind of viral, at least with memes, it's hard to be like, that's work retired dies meme if they've seen it from someone else. Cause it's like, it's not my face on it. Like also a lot of times memes that get stolen, it's like, I didn't come up with the idea of second monitors on Excel being weird. So like mm -hmm. if someone like takes this idea, I would get a little upset, but it's also like, Okay, that's like a thing we can all agree about. Like, that's not like a crazy original idea. Yeah. You know but what I mean? You, but you did come up with the idea of pairing serial killers yeah. with the second fair, monitor. So, so if someone was like, instead of serial killers, they were like murderers and then... And they did this exact the same thing. Be you'd be like, like, you took my idea. Yeah, you took my idea, yeah. bro. Like, it's, yeah. But if someone had a completely... But if someone same, did serials and psychopaths and it was like... Something, something, another yeah, example, something, like, like, that's not my idea. Yeah, yeah, you, you could do something uh, completely different. Yeah, yeah. it's it's tricky, but... So, so something I wanted game. to ask you is, um, you're very strong in the relatably funny character trait. I, f I feel like everything you put out is funny and also funny in a way where it's like you've seen that 
before yeah. you know what it is. And then that meme or that video kind of expresses it for you. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I, <laughs> I know, like, you're, uh, you do Brad in the, uh, Brad from Murray Hill. Brad, Brad from Murray Hill. Yeah. Uh, Parlay Pete, yep, <laughs> the comic yep. club, love Parlay Pete. <laughs> Parlay Pete. And it's like, dude, like, you know, those, like I, I did a little, uh, sports gambling in college. Yep. Uh, you know, you know, Brad from Murray like Hill. The like the most insufferable sports gambler. Yeah. Like, the the yeah. office characters. Yeah. So uh, for you, I wanted to ask you, where do you think that relatably funny sense or that relatably funny character trait comes from? Did, did you always have that? Did you develop that? Where did you, where yeah, do you see that a, coming from? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like, I don't know where it comes from. I feel like sometimes when you are in comedy, there's people who are like weirdos and there's people who are like a little more normal. And like, I'm not calling these people weird, but like com- comedy can bring out like a weirder person that's a little more quirky and like bizarre things, mm-hmm. not any less funny. I feel like I fall in the meme of uh, the realm of like somebody you're friends with who happens to be funny. And I feel like I can like understand these specific characters that are relatable to my audience, but I see what makes them funny and like what makes people a little ridiculous. So like all of my characters are like 60 to 70% based on me and like things I've actually done, but like exaggerated to a point that it's comedic. Yeah. Like Brad from Murray Hill, this is what I do in the comic club is like some of the like more do asshole moves I've made as a guy dating girls when I was yeah. 22 that like I kind of regret a little bit, but like looking back on it, like realize like how dumb I was being. Cause a lot of it comes from just being a little stupid about so, like emotionally. So you're making fun of a, I think I'm a less evolved version of myself of in all these different characters. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely, I was a different version of Brad from Murray Hill, but yeah. I did a lot of the same shit that Brad and a lot does. Of people, that's why it's relatable. Like, unfortunately that character is a yeah. little bit relatable and like, I would like to think I'm not, I was never mean spirited about it and was more of just like, careless and a little selfish, but like, yeah. Could, could I, I, you explain to people who the, the yeah, Brad from Murray Hill yeah, character so is? I, just, I have another page, yeah. yet another thing that the I'm doing. The Comic Club, The Comic Club. The Comic Club. Work with Tired Eye and the Comic Club. And the Comic Club. So that's kind of my outlet for relatable humor that's not work-related. And it's basically, so the concept of the Comic Club is another thing we would kind of say as some of my buddies, like you're joining the Comic Club when you finally get your paycheck and you finally have a comma in your bank account for the yeah. first time. And then you pay rent or you buy 10 Bud Lights at the bar and you're, yeah, out, of, like, you're out of the comic Back stuff. to 16 bucks. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of making fun of being like 22 to 24, living in New York City specifically because I feel like people really relate to like a finance bro mm-hmm. in New York City. And like, that's the other thing is like, I do like to punch up a little bit. Whereas like making fun of you can make fun of a finance bro from New York City because like nobody feels bad for them. Yeah. Really, you can make you're you're making six I'm figures. I'm a straight white yeah. male. Like yeah. I I can't like make. You're, you're the most attackable character yes. in yes. comedy. And so it's easier if I attack myself, a version of myself, than a, not that I would, but like you know what I'm saying. Like so anyway, so I have these characters. One of them is Brad from Murray Hill. It's mainly dating things, and it's like POV. You like woke up in Brad's bed in Murray <laughs> Hill, and it's like. <laughs> What do you, you want a second pillow? Like, why do I have, yeah, like yeah. shit like that, where it's like stuff we've all kind of been through, like a little exaggerated, a, a little ridiculous enough to like, makes you feel like it's a joke and not just like verbatim. Mm-hmm. I like the relatable stuff. I think, 
I do also have a side that does more like absurd, quirky stuff that I was doing with Lemon Hands a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think like the stuff that hits for me is the relatable stuff, which is like cool. But like a lot of times it's like, it's it's almost mining everything that happens to me in my life for comedy, which is great. But then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, hard to flip the switch sometimes where like yeah. I'm like hanging out with people. I'm like, oh, that's a funny bit. Like people who do this, like it's a little hard to turn this, flip the switch. Yeah. I'm super interested in this because I, I, I deal with this a lot. Kind of like seeing ideas for podcasts out in the wild. How yeah. do you actually record things? Do you use voice memos? Do you use notes? If you see something like you're on the subway and you see something, you're like, I'm going to record yeah. a TikTok about this later. I'm going to make a podcast, write an article about this later, whatever it is. Like, what is your method of recording? Like from the point that you see it to taking it down so that you don't forget it. What does that look I like? I do a lot of notes app stuff and then I'll just go through them like and see if there, there's something there. Yeah, that's kind of it. Or I'll like write something as a tweet and save it as a draft where it's just like not even a tweet. It's just like the thought of the tweet and then I'll like and go and punch it up And later. then you have it there. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have to write stuff down a lot. So. I, feel, I feel like it's good. Um, it's well, a good habit. That you, that you write it down and also that you're able to make fun of yourself and, and yeah. past versions of yourself because not a lot of people are willing to do that. And, and sometimes I... I don't even take that into consideration often enough where I'm always looking for like the other thing that's funny. Yeah. And I'm not looking at myself. I'm just What's like, dude, like, like if yeah. someone was recording me on a daily <laughs> basis, like if I was watching myself and I didn't know it was me, I'd be like, oh my yeah. God, this dude's a fucking gold mine. It's <laughs> like, there's a, a lot of shit, shit going yeah. on with this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's especially now that I like quit my job and I make content all the time. It's like, it is pretty funny that I'm just, like stuck in my apartment by myself making TikToks all the time. It's such a bizarre thing. A couple of times, like my girlfriend's mom was like staying with us and I'm like making a TikTok while she's like in the other room. And it's like, you realize how fucking ridiculous it is what you do sometimes. Yeah. Like if your brother was sitting in that room right now, you would, I, you probably wouldn't feel that self-conscious because it's your brother. Podca like, podcast, not as much because yeah. I've done Zoom podcasts or in-person po in podcasts where my brothers actually helped me record it. Fair. But like when, when someone example. else is here, I, I zone out. But yeah. TikToks for sure. Like yeah, I like recording yourself being like, oh, and you're like, yeah. that was a bad one. Like the, most, like most of the time I don't. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I can't do this with anyone else totally. in, yeah. the, in the room or in the... And sometimes even like if I hear someone outside in the hallway, yeah, you're you're like, not, I'm just like, I'm going to wait till this person <laughs> leaves even though they like i see that person once a month must think yeah. i'm crazy because like i'll <laughs> say the same line five different times and they're like dude just you that was a good enough take like shut the fuck up we're like we're on a conference call right now yeah like Br yeah. Br Br brad really it. loves that yeah. extra pillow <laughs> stop doing tiktok yeah exactly no but i i totally get the uh when i'm doing stuff by myself the the self-consciousness kicks in to where it's like, yeah. I can zone out during conversation. I'm like, if someone's listening to this, who gives a fuck? But it's like when no yeah. one else is there to bounce back and forth with, yeah. forth with, I can't say shit out loud when other people are in the room. Like I, I you yeah. know, even if I've done it a thousand times before, I can't record a TikTok. I can't record a solo podcast. Like I, I have right. a, another podcast where ox, I'm just like spouting yeah. shit off sometimes and, if someone was like in the other in room. In the other room, I couldn't. You can't I, like block I, it I, I do it sometimes, but it's just like, 
I'd rather not. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. That's I've probably something a, I have to work on too. Yeah, it's totally. like, who gives a fuck what my Doesn't, brother thinks? Well, they know, and they also like know you do a podcast. Yeah. Like, I think one of the things like I, I write, uh, I have a newsletter and I send out, basically it's like every week I send out like a new blog. And that's mm-hmm. been something that's been really good for me to like have my discipline is like, I have all these email subscribers that like every single Friday at 11 a.m. I send out a new blog mm-hmm. to them. But a lot of times I'll be on like a ski trip with my friends or at a beach house with my friends on Friday morning. I know they're going to receive the email of the blog that I just wrote. But I have to like go sit in like the spare guest room, put in like noise canceling headphones, write it out and knowing like Mike's going to read this in 45 minutes. It's it's weird. It's you in a super vulnerable state. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't know exactly what it is because you, they, you know, they know that I'm doing it yeah. about what you do, but yeah. it's like the act of doing it makes you nervous or uncomfortable. And it does the same shit to me. And I, I honestly don't know exactly what that is. Like yeah. when, I, when I'm doing shit by myself or whether I'm like recording a video or recording a podcast, like why, why am I bothered by something that the other person knows I do regularly? Right, right. Like, it's <laughs> like, like they're not finding they're out anything that new. They have a podcast. Yeah. They don't, they're, like, like they're not finding out that I'm recording a podcast yeah. yet. It's just like, <laughs> I'm thinking about how I'm being perceived by someone that knows, yeah. like is perfectly okay with what I do. And, and maybe we'll listen to episodes. It's a, it's a weird, yeah. Weird and thing. I also think it's like, I also think people care less than you actually think that they care. That's one of the things that I realize is like the spotlight effect. Have you read about that in no. psychology? So it's like, um, you walk through life with a spotlight on you. That's not actually there. Right. So you're the main character in your own story. Yeah. And so for example, when you have a stain on your shirt, you probably think 10 times more people notice it than you actually do. So yeah. if you go on the subway, if you think, th- you know, 300 people saw the stain when you were on the subway and then walked back to your apartment, maybe like, three, like their 30s. And zero yeah. of them cared. Yeah, and none yeah. of them cared. So it's like you put this spotlight on yourself that everyone else... And the part of the, the effect is that everyone else also has that spotlight. So everyone's right. so obsessed with the fact that everyone it's thinks interesting you say about that. So me. I like have struggled with that and I've tried and I've gotten better. And like, one of the things I'm like, is like, whatever, like, I don't really care. Like, but I have pink eye right now. Right. So I recorded yeah. a video two or three days ago where I have pink eye and I was like, no one's going to notice. So many people were like, dude, you have pink eye. Dude, in this video. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe I face, should yeah. be a little bit more. <laughs> Like, it's just funny because like sometimes people do notice, which, mm-hmm. but like, it's like weird to strike the right balance yeah. with it. But it's like, okay, so... But also who really cares if you take if the I percentage of people yeah. that commented on that video, right? it's nothing in terms of who actually watched that video. It's just like, that was funny. I saw he had pink eye and I didn't feel I the need like, to comment. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, that is fucking... The problem with doing all these videos now is like, I don't know if you... I get sometimes like DMs like about how my video sucks. Like what I told this story in another podcast, but like I posted a video on the comic club and I promoted it from work retired die. I guess like people don't always know that I, there's a face behind work retired die. Cause it's like 50% 
60% not videos. Yeah, meme stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like I've been doing the enough videos that I think people, you know, you, you know, yeah, you know it, it's you, yeah. Know that it's the work tired eye person. But I posted a video of me doing a comic club video and some guy replied to it and was like, how much is this guy paying you to pace to post his like shitty videos? Like he has like 200 followers for a reason. And I, I was like, well, first off, that's my video. <laughs> yeah. And also like, even if it wasn't like, why do you have to be such a dick yeah. to that stranger? Like, it was Easter Sunday. It was like, why are you DMing? Yeah, it's like, why are you in church? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a corporate meme page. And you're like, and he was like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that I mean, was a mistake. Really? He said he that? He said that. I was like, oh, you know what? Thank you, man. Because like, I think a lot of times people forget. And this is a, another thing with going viral on TikTok. It's like, it's also a little bit more vulnerable because your face is there. But people like don't think of you as like a person because there's so many people who viewed it and liked it that they forget that like somebody is running this meme page. And if you like, or somebody's is behind this TikTok and if you mm -hmm. post like, this is cringe or like this sucks, like it doesn't, I'm at the point where it doesn't really affect me. I'm still obviously thin skinned mm -hmm. like any person, but like it is an interesting phenomena, especially of doing comedy where you're like trying to be funny, which is a vulnerable thing yeah. that people can be like, this isn't funny. Yeah. I, that's important though, because it's, to to be able to put out content and receive the negative feedback in a way where you acknowledge it, but you don't let it affect what you create. Yeah. That's a powerful thing to be able to do. And you're you're gonna put out thousands of videos, thousands of memes, thousands of newsletters, whatever right. it is. And not all of those are going to be the best things ever. Not all of those are going to be like totally. the, the high, like you're only going to have one video that's like the highest streams that you've ever gotten. You're only going to have like point. the one yeah. meme that's the There's most likes. There's always going to be the worst video. Yeah. You'll yeah. always have like that. I think about that sometimes too, where I'm like, I may put out 10,000 podcasts in my life and be remembered for like five of them. Yeah. Like people will look back and be like this, these were like the five like trademark podcasts yeah. of Augsoro. Yeah. But like to me, every podcast seems the same. And so if I let right. that negative feedback affect me wherever it is, like that may cause me to be different or not be as, as creative in some yeah. way. So it's good that you, I think you it's hard as a that. creator to, sift through what feedback to listen to because I think like as a writer and with my screenplays, like I feel like something that I'm good at is taking a note and not letting it hurt my feelings and then making it funny. Like if someone tells me a joke's not funny, this character is not working. Like there are people who just don't really listen and just like stick to their gut, which for better or for worse, like sometimes I change stuff too much, but I also think it's a line of like knowing who not to trust and who to trust with your work, like hearing their voice on, which is like something I'm still trying to figure out too. But like, I'm probably more open. I'm probably a little bit more, because I'm a little bit more insecure than I'd like to be, but I'm getting more secure. But like, if someone says something needs to change, like I'm more likely to be like, okay, they're right. First being mm -hmm. like, no, I think this is actually better this way. But I do think well, it's, it's, good, it's, a, it's a two sides of the It's good to have point. those people in your life that are brutally honest with you, like, like your Nicole, girlfriend. Yeah. 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 And because you Cause could I probably, trust her. You, you trust her and you could probably bounce a critique that you've gotten and she'll be able to be like, oh no, like that's bullshit. Or yeah. 
you know, this is actually, and then, and then that's on you to decide, okay, I trust this person. Is this something that's worth changing or am I yeah. going to stick to my guns and, yeah. you know, maybe go against the grain and that's the decision that you ultimately have to make. So I wanted to, to wrap up and maybe change the, the pace a little bit, bring Do it back it. to the, to the work and, and play. Yeah. So I'm actually glad we talked about the work and play at the beginning because this kind of comes full circle because I actually put uh, down a quote to circle back to I had a lot of balls in the air with all these questions. <laughs> so I figured we'd uh, circle back to end on some syn- synergy. At yeah, the end. there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful, really. So, <laughs> it is. Um, so there's a quote by... A writer named Francois René de Chateaubriand, and your, I, your I French probably, is coming along I probably butchered well. the it's shit dual, out of that. It's a Duolingo, but he exactly. He he says this. He says, "A master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between his work and play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and recreation. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence through whatever he is doing." and leaves others to determine whether he is working or playing. To himself, he always appears to be doing both. So interesting for you, we talked a little bit about that kind of work-play dynamic. What, what drives you to create at the deepest level? Like even if w- without the views, without the like the, the opportunities without anything, like what drives you to put shit out? And also when do you feel the most playful? What, what, what are you doing? What type of content are you making? Like what kind of feels like that, that synergy to use a corporate America term of like the work and play combining perfectly for you? I think that's a good question. I, it's probably two things. Like I really, like to make people laugh. And I think it's probably can be a weak point where like, I'll do a lot of things for a laugh. But like, I think that's what drives me is like, I like to make people laugh. But I also think I have something to say. And the reason and the way I get people to hear it is by making them laugh, which is like, corporate America memes. Like, I think some of the stuff going on is like a little fucked up, not fucked up, but I don't agree with it. And the way people to realize that is do a funny meme about it. So I think That's like where it comes from. Like I always will want to make people laugh. Um, What drives me to do it all the time is like, I just like, I just like have a ticking clock in my head that I'm like, I need to just do that. I need to just keep going because like life is short. And like, if I don't keep grinding, like it's not, it's never going to happen. So like that's, I feel like that's where my discipline comes from a little bit. I think, what was the other part of the question? Like, where's the line between work and play? Yeah, where... Where do you feel like that comes together for you the best? Like, what, what what are you doing? What type of content I are you think, making? And I was I talk about this with my f- friends and my girlfriend and people sometimes. Like, so the things that I like to do is like watch sports, watch funny videos, watch like TV, go on social media, hang out with people, and that's like what I do for work now. Like, I work for this sports site, so like I write articles about sports, and like I'm watching sports. I'm like, shit, I need to like write this article about this thing. I'm on TikTok. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea for me to do that as a TikTok. I'm like watching a TV show. It's like, oh, I can write a TV show about that. So like, I think it's 
good and bad that like sometimes the lines are never blurred where I'm like always kind of absorbing things. And a lot of my humor comes from relatable situations. So I'm like in a situation at a bar and I'm like, oh, this is like a funny thing that I could do. So I think like to me, the lines can be drawn a little bit. It it can be a little hard for me to like find something that doesn't feel like work all the time. But I don't know if that's a horrible, if that's that bad of a thing. I like to stay active. I play basketball Mm -hmm. a decent amount which feel doesn't really feel like work. It's just like something I like to do for fun. So at the end of the day, like my work is not, it feels like fun to me. Yeah. I'm making a video. I'm doing a meme. I'm writing an article about who the Jets should draft tonight. And like, I care about that. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, it's not like feeling like work to me. Yeah. So, which is I think a good spot to be in. That That's a great spot to be yeah. in. So to to end off, where where are the best spots for people to follow you? Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. Where should they hit you up? On Instagram, follow us on Work Retire Die and Comic Club on Instagram and TikTok. Work Retire Die, I'm on TikTok too. I don't do as much there. But yeah, check out Work Retire Die. If you want to support buying merch is great. We have, you know, t-shirts, hats, we have mugs with it says synergy in a supreme font, like Perfect. shit like that. So a lot of buzzword type of stuff. So go to workretire.com. There's a shop section and uh, yeah. I'll, that's, uh, that's, that's all going to be linked in the, the description as well, Thank wherever you, you're listening or watching this. Thank you, Jack. It's been a pleasure. Cool. Been let's, real. Uh, let's go grab some. Let's get some. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, there go. You go. Let's, let's continue this offline. Yeah, yeah let's fucking. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll continue. <laughs> let's look back. All right, bye. All right, dude. Good work. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Auxoro podcast. If this show has moved and inspired you in some small way, we would appreciate you taking the time to send this show to someone else you care about. The best way to spread love is to share what you love. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at Auxoro and tune into our channel on YouTube by searching Auxoro for the video versions of these conversations. See you guys next time, motherfucker.